The opinions expressed on this program are solely those of its hosts, guests, or callers, and do not necessarily represent the opinions of WTBR-FM, its management, other producers, or sponsors. You're listening to And So It Flows, your only show for H2O. I am your super waterman, your ambassador for water. We're here at 89.7 WTBR-FM Pitchfield Community Radio. Bringing you water, culture, around the world from the Berkshires. Berkshire Mountains, premier cultural resort of the Northeast. And water cultural. Center of the world. Super excited to be here with you today. The Super Waterman bringing you the ambassadorship for those things that are the most important, and one of those things is H2O. I thank you again for listening, water lovers around the world, every continent, especially folks in Pitchfield. We're driving through. You can listen on 89.7 WTBR-FM. You could listen on Amazon Audible, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Podcast Addict, Podacy, and you could also live stream on WTBRFM.com. Essential Water Media, intentionally bringing you all that culture around H2O. We're going to start off our our uh, great show today with some really cool music. But before, you should uh, really sit down and get ready because today we're going to have a conversation about one of the most important things in life, coffee and water. Today's episode is like water for coffee. I'm going to be interviewing uh, George Shoemaker, uh, who runs a concern. He's a coffee roaster here in Pittsfield. Uh, talk about water and coffee and the interaction of water and coffee and coffee in our culture, coffee in our creativity. So psyched to be here with you today. But in the meantime, here's a little bit of the Beatles bringing you the Yellow Submarine, one of the premier water songs of the 20th century. Here we go. Let's have some Beatles at you. In the town where I was born Lived a man who sailed to sea And he told us of his life In the land of submarines So we sailed unto the sun Till we found the sea of green And the band begins 
Elvis. You are listening to And So It Flows. You are listening with your ears. We're keeping you wet. This is And So It Flows, your only show for H2O here from the airwaves made of water vapor. From 89.7 WTBR FM Pittsfield Community Radio. And if you love independent water media, intentional water media, media for the other 75% of the planet, then you want to give a little to our friends here at WTBR-FM and support them in their bringing of intentional media of all kinds, water, too, uh, and the great work they're doing here at Pittsfield Community Radio. Thank them profusely. And, uh, you know, just big wet kiss over to our friends here at WTBR-FM in Pittsfield. Thank you so much for those airwaves. And uh, you want to thank them by donating. So uh, go to the WTBRFM.com website and uh, click on that donate button and support Intentional Water Media here from the Berkshires to you, wherever you are. You can listen to us on podcast on a variety of different platforms, Amazon, Audible, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Podcast Addict, Podacy, and you could also live stream every Tuesday at 2 o'clock at WTBR-FM, and you could also listen on your trusty FM dial. And uh, as you're in the heart of the Berkshires, you could definitely pick it up. We were listening there to... Um, the Tide is High from Blondie from their Auto-American album. And before that, the one and only Beatles with Yellow Submarine off the Yellow Submarine album. Uh, super excited to be here with you. Second half of the show. Stay tuned in about 20 minutes. Going to have a little bit of conversation with George Shoemaker from uh, an incredible coffee roaster here in the city of Pittsfield. Uh, called Currency Coffee. We're going to talk about coffee and water. We're going to be talking about a variety of different things. Uh, culture of coffee, water usage and coffee, how to make the perfect pour over. I know everybody is looking for that. And, you know, coffee also has a creative side. Uh, for those of you who know, uh, coffee has a creative side and maybe coffee is a key to our very existence on this planet simply because uh, you know we need a little creativity right now we seem to be stuck in a box banging our heads against the wall and it's time to get outside of that box and you know caffeine seems to do that for you so coffee we all love coffee really cool little uh water news coming your way and this is from our friends at npr in pakistan a baby glacier is born so uh, what happens when two glaciers get together they have a baby so here's a cool little story about that and it might be a key to replace the water lost to climate change so here on this out is a really wonderful thing so little story listen on up highlands of pakistan glaciers are life residents rely on them for water and many believe a sufi saint taught their ancestors how to create new glaciers by mating them the practice faded decades ago but it's getting a second look as a warming planet causes glaciers to melt more rapidly npr's dia hadid reports from pakistan's far north Yasin Malik sings as he takes us up the mountain looming over his village, Chunda. It wiles the time as we walk for hours to a cavern that residents believe is inhabited by ice-dwelling ghosts and fairies, which protect a baby glacier that Malik and his friends made by following an ancient tradition. They hope it will grow to replace the glaciers the village has long relied on, glaciers that are melting away. 
As shepherds pass, Malik tells me glacier mating is done by mixing white glaciers, which they believe are female, with male glaciers, which are brown, the colour formed by debris. Two years ago in winter, Malik climbed K2, the world's second highest mountain, to get chunks of the best female glaciers. Others trekked four days away to get the finest female glacier specimens. They took those chunks up Trunda Mountain, they placed them in a shaded crevice and they blanketed them with coal and chaff. They asked for God's blessings and sacrificed a goat. This is the first time they've returned since. Malik is hoping the glacier baby has grown. The future water supply of his village could depend on it. We scramble over boulders. Malik's friend, Saeed Baltistani, shows us the crevice where there's a car-sized block of ice, the glacier baby. In the falling rain, I ask. Do you think that she's growing? You can see. He says, yeah, look, the glacier is spreading under the rocks. But will it grow into something large enough to supply this village with water? Residents of other villages say they tried this method with mixed results. Across the border in India, Surya Narayanan Balasubramanian is an expert on artificial ice reservoirs. He says the point of glacier mating could be the ritual itself. So maybe the point was never to make baby glaciers, it was more to have uh, the value of glaciers in, you know, in the society. A ritual that drives home the importance of glaciers. And perhaps what the ritual underscores now is how desperate people are to find ways to adapt to climate change. But other scientists say the process is sound. This is mountain hydrologist Jacob Steiner. Ice grafting works. You take that ice, put it into caves, and there it's much colder. It's going to rain on top as well, so it's going to freeze, so that ice actually grows. But Steiner says, to be clear, the residents aren't creating glaciers, they're growing ice. Amid this debate, Chunda's residents have a prominent backer, the United Nations Development Programme. It helps people adapt to climate change in Pakistan. They provided a few hundred dollars for the glacier-mating ritual. Knut Utsby is the Pakistan representative. We should not underestimate the power of the ingenuity of people themselves. And they do have ingenuity. People in Baltistan are teaching themselves another way to curb water shortages by building ice stupas basically a frozen fountain that melts in spring. It's a technique pioneered in neighbouring India and migrated here through YouTube videos. So hours from where residents are trying to make glaciers, we drive to the village of Pari, where there's a more visibly successful endeavour. We meet Bashir Haidari near the village stream that he says was once drying up for lack of snowfall. Then five years ago, he watched a video about ice stupas and figured out how to build one. He takes us up the local mountain with his friends to show us what he made. Haidari's friends chant in praise as they see it. Haidari created this ice stupa by piping water downstream to a gorge. The water rushed down and was forced up through nozzles. It spread out like mist. It froze through the winter. On the day we arrive, it's a truck-sized pile of ice. For months, it's been melting water into the village stream. One friend, Yasser Parvi, says villagers thought Haidari was crazy when he began. He's mentally upset. He's doing something that is impossible. Now, he's a star. One woman, Nargis, tells us before the stupa, she couldn't grow food for her kids. <laughs> She tears up and says, thank God for this man. Hours away in the village of Machulo, residents are also resolving water shortages in a more traditional way. As evening falls, they gather by the village stream. One woman, Zahra, says, we've come to steal water. She laughs, but it's dire. As night falls, Zahra uses her shovel to divert water into her irrigation canal. Machulo villagers are meant to take it in turns to use the stream water, and it's not Zahra's turn. But she says she's desperate. If she can't grow food, her family goes hungry. One elder tells me he hopes to try build an ice stupa this fall. Like a person drowning, he says, we will try anything. 
Dear Hadid, NPR News, Machulo. This message comes from Jackson. Thank you, Jackson. I don't know what Jackson was all about, but uh, Dia Hadid really did a really cool story. Thanks so much. Uh, Glacier baby is born. Maybe, uh, maybe babies can be made with ice. What do you think about that? That's really cool. You're listening to And So It Flows, your only show for H2O, intentional water media, media for the other 75% right here from Pittsfield, Massachusetts. The irony of which is really wonderful. It allows people to really get the value of water. We're at 89.7 WTBR-FM, Pittsfield Community Radio. Also, you could find us on Amazon Audible, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Podcast Addict, Podacy, and you can live stream at WTBR-FM and uh, listen on your radio dial every Tuesday at 2 p.m., bringing you all things water. In a few minutes, I'm going to be bringing on George Shoemaker from Currency Coffee. We're going to have a conversation about water and coffee. It's kind of like that music, uh, that, that movie, like Water for Chocolate, but in this case, like Water for Coffee. And some people find the value of coffee and chocolate similar So uh, we'll kind of meld all that game in a few minutes, so stay tuned for that. Here's a little ditty from our friend Alexander Pushkin with a really, really cool poem called The Water Nymph. In lakeside leafy groves a friar escaped all worries, there he passed. His summer days in constant prayer, deep studies, and eternal fast. Already with a humble shovel, the elder dug himself a grave. As calling all saints to bless his hovel, death, nothing other did he crave. So once a falling night, he was bowing by his wilted shack with meekest prayer To the Almighty, the grove was slowly turning black. Above the lake mist was lifting. Through milky clouds across the sky, the ruddy moon was slowly drifting. When water drew the friar's eye, he's looking puzzled, full of trouble, of fear he can't quite explain. He sees the waves begin to bubble and suddenly grow calm again. Then white as first snow in the highlands, light-footed as nocturnal shade, there comes a shore and sits in silence upon the bank a child made, a naked maid. Not a child maid, a naked maid. She eyes the monk and brushes gently her hair and water off her arms. He takes, he shakes with fear and looks intently at her, at her lovely charms. With eager hand, she waves and beckons, nods quickly, smiles as from afar, and shoots with two flashing seconds into still water like a star. The glum old man slept not an instant, all day, not even once he prayed. Before his eyes still hung and glistened, the wondrous, the relentless shade. The grove puts on its night, its gown of nightfall. The moon walks on the cloudy floor, and there's the maiden, pale and delightful, reclining on the spellbound shore. She looks at him, her hair she brushes, blows airy kisses, gestures wild, plays with the waves, caresses, splashes, now laughs, now whimpers like a child, moans tenderly, calls louder, louder, come monk, come monk, to me, to me, then disappears in limpid water, and all is silent instantly. 
On the third day, the zealous hermit was shitting, pardon me, (laughs) was sitting by the shore in love awaiting the delightful mermaid as a shade was covering the grove. Dark seated to the sun's emergence, our monk had wholly disappeared before a crowd of local urgents while fishing found a hoary beard. That, my friend, by Alexander Pushkin, famous, 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 famous poet who lived in Russia. He lived from 1799 to 1837, and he was considered founder of modern Russian literature. Thanks again, Alexander, for putting that out. You're listening to And So It Flows, the only show for H2O. We got uh, Ocean Avenue coming up next with Yellow by Yellow Card. And that is off the Ocean Avenue album. There's a place off Ocean Avenue where I used to sit and talk with you. We were both 16 and it felt so right. Sleeping all day, staying up all night. Staying up all night. There's a place on the corner of Cherry Street. We would walk on the beach in our bare feet. We were both 18 and it felt so right. Sleeping all day, staying up all And so it flows. I am your super waterman ambassador for water. We are the only show for H2O anywhere around the world. Here at 89.7 WTBR FM, Pittsfield Community Radio Podcast, wherever you get your podcasts. 
exciting. Please subscribe. Love you dearly. If you love intentional water media, give a holler to our friends here at WTBR FM. Go to their website, WTBRFM.com. Click that donate button and have some fun supporting intentional water media straight from the Brookshires all around the world. Also subscribe to our podcast at Amazon Audible, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Podcast Addict, and Podacy. And every Tuesday at 2 p.m., 89.7 FM as you're driving through the central Berkshires. You're going to love it. You're going to be so, so moist just for listening. Nothing like staying alive staying alive it's it's fun here again with you this week got a really cool guest that's gonna join our show any second now and his name uh for those of you who don't know him uh his name is george shoemaker and he runs currency coffee right here in pittsfield he is a coffee roaster and and really knows a lot about you know the creation of coffee the culture of coffee and uh, speaks really well about how water interacts with coffee so without further ado here he is uh super excited to have him with us let's see got him right here and thanks again for joining us george Super cool to have you with us. Super Waterman Ambassador for Water. We're here with Solar Flows, the only show for H2O here on WTBR FM, Pittsfield Community Radio. Your voice for water from the Berkshires and all around the world. Super excited to be here with George Shoemaker. He is a coffee maestro here at Currency Coffee in the city of Pittsfield. Beautiful to be here with you. Thanks so much for spending some time. Of course. No, it's wonderful to have you here. Yeah, yeah, thanks. And uh, down here at the Allendares Shopping Plaza, bottom line, you know, coffee and water. And in today's <laughs> episode, which I'm calling, like, Water for Coffee. Excellent. Your, your um, coffee is, is quite water intensive. It um, is, whether it's... You know, removing the mucilage from the beans during the processing or using water for Swiss water process decaf or just brewing it. Yeah, water is is coffee as far as I'm concerned. You, you're dealing with a drip coffee, it's 98% water. So if your water's bad, your coffee's bad. Yeah, and it's, it's probably, you know, I, I know with chlorinated water you get a, a serious aftertaste, but... Let's go a little bit even further than just the basic taste aspect. Sure. You 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 were sharing just before I, we started the mm-hmm. interview. You're you're involved in education of the science of coffee. Yes, some of the science. Tell tell our listeners, but even before you get into that, a little bit about your background in in education. Sure. Um, I have uh, been in the coffee industry for over fourteen years. Uh, I have done. Uh, before that, I was in the restaurant food service industry as an owner, operator, chef, etc. So, you know, water is everything. And then I've started teaching, uh, I've done classes at Union College over in Schenectady uh, on the chemistry of coffee, which a quarter of it is water itself. So A quarter of the actual coffee bean? No, no, a quarter of the class is just about water. Oh, wow. So, it's understanding properties, usage... Uh, between equipment and processes, etc., whether you're brewing at home or you're at the favorite coffee shop or in a hotel. Everybody has to worry about what the water is if you really want a great product, for lack of a better term. Yeah, yeah. And, it, you know, it, it's funny because, uh, you know, coffee, uh, it comes from, obviously, in places... In the mostly southern hemisphere, um, is that correct? Or yeah, well, actually, it's between the Where tropics of Cancer and Capricorn. It's in the tropics. It's in the tropics. So it's the same place that you find tea, chocolate, coffee. It all grows in the same belt. Um, Arabica coffee, which we all know and love, 
that normally grows above 2,000 feet above sea level, mountainous soil, rocky, um, you know, so you're dealing with areas where it rains a lot, so water is very important. Also, it drains a lot, so uh, it, the lower elevation coffee is like your uh, Robustas, uh, higher in caffeine than Arabica, uh, but that grows a much lower elevation, easier to deal with um, as far as like water usage and things like that. But water is very intensive for processing. Um, it's also, of course, very intensive for making coffee at home or in a commercial setting. So, uh, so around the world, it's the rainforest, it's mountaintops, it's you know that's the tropics. When you're sourcing the coffee bean, hmm. you go that far sourcing yes. the coffee. Do you uh, find that uh, the uh, Haciendas, plantations, or the mm. growers, are they uh, using any particular type of water uh, process in which they're saving water, like the more ecologically friendly? Or? They try to, but the problem to. is you're dealing with mostly impoverished nations. Uh, they don't have the, you know, they're pulling, you know, water from aquifers, they're pulling water from streams, and they're just washing the coffee. So you have an issue where they try to do the best they can, but you're, you're dealing with tropics. So water is not as big of a deal in the tropics as it is here or in the desert. Um, it's plentiful. Are so it's, it, it's easier for them you know, to use that kind of, uh, you know, that kind of processes. You like know, it's you, an environmentally supported plant yes. where it's being grown. Yes, you know, you think coffee originated in either Kenya, Ethiopia, Madagascar, uh, and then <clears throat> in the mountain re mountain regions, and then proliferated around the world. But you can't grow it here. You can't grow it anywhere in the United States except for Hawaii. Um, so that's as pretty much far north as you can go. Um, so you're dealing with areas that are tropical, that are wet, that have ample water, which is good. Our you know, a question I'd like to find out, uh, two, two things. Number one, are there any kind of coffees that can inhabit really dry climates? No. Nothing. Nope. Just like, okay, or nope. any that are more prone to being okay with drier climates? Nope. No. No, these are wet tropical. They, they grow in the tropics. Uh-huh. I mean, even to the point where if you're in India, you uh, if you buy something called monsooned Malabar, they pick the coffee. They process it, they dry it, they put it in bags, they put it in open warehouses, and let the monsoon rains wash it and age it. Wow. So right there, <laughs> you have water on water on water. It, it, it is water intensive, but you're in, a, you're in the, the climates in which water is not that much of a commodity. We're not talking necessarily potable water that everybody's drinking. This is wa water to wash coffee. It's not something that you know, is going to be consumed. So it's just put back into the environment. Wow, wow. So actually, for those of you just tuning in, we're, uh, you're listening to And So It Flows, your only show for H2O. I am with George Shoemaker, the coffee maestro and water connoisseur <laughs> and water aficionado, uh, water lover here mm -hmm. at Currency Coffee in Pittsfield. Yeah. And, you know, uh, you know, coffee, coffee is great, you know, like, for me, in my world, mm. I drink coffee when I want to open my mind. And here, here we are in a world that is, uh, you know, I know I, I'm feeling there's like a, a, a little bit of a breakdown around creativity mm -hmm. uh, and, 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 and thinking outside the box. And coffee has always provided me that. Are there any stories that you know of in which coffee has actually saved something that you were trying to figure out and like having time with coffee well gave you an option to do that because of the amount of coffee i drink because of testing doing different roasts doing sampling doing cuppings um the joke is i drink enough coffee to disqualify an olympic track team so <laughs> i um with that in mind but you know if That's you look funny. historically let's let's I mean, today's problems are today's problems but we can always reflect back and see the origins of things. Um, back during the time of the American Revolution, let's let's go let's go there. Um, you know the Boston Tea Party. Well, that was started. Uh, everybody was meeting at a place called the Green Dragon in Boston. That was the 
coffee house and tavern that people met at. What was the name of that? The Green Dragon. The Green Dragon. Yes. Okay. So, coffee. but it was a coffee house. Coffee history. So, um, and that's where that's where they came up with the idea. It's like, well, let's do this. Um, let's go back even further. You go back to the time of uh, it was George V, right after the American Revolution. He shut down most of the coffee houses in England because he thought they were a place that fomented revolution and dissent. No, these were people that were staying up all night thinking things and trying to come up with uh, different yeah, ideas. Yeah, the, the creativity yes. folks yes. who are like, it's just like you, it's so funny. Wonder if they had uh, couches at the Green Dragon. I have, who knows? No, but not it's too sure. <laughs> hipsters but, of the seventeen hundreds. Yeah, yes. but they, um, but it, but it was in England, United States, France, even going back to the time in Saudi Arabia, back when uh, you know they were finding what coffee really was. They were shutting down coffee houses then because it inspired revolution, and you know it. Um, it's done that. It's helped the industrial revolution. It's helped everything. So. That's pretty great. That's actually really funny. And it's actually food or, or drink, of, a beverage of thought mm -hmm. uh, to, to, to think on, you know, how do we get ourselves into a predicament that we want to be in? Mm -hmm. and uh, Or instead of simply out of a predicament, the predicament we got ourselves in, and maybe what the answer is is more coffee. Possibly. Possibly. <laughs> Possibly. <laughs> a possible answer. Yeah. Um, now, when it comes to the manufacturing processing portion yeah. of coffee making, we spoke a little bit about yep. that monsoon stuff down yeah. in Southeast Asia. Yeah. What other processing requires water? Well, let's speak to brewing itself. How do you make coffee? You know, it, it like I said, it's two percent water. Uh, sorry, two percent coffee, ninety-eight percent water. What you're drinking at home. Um, you want to eliminate chlorine. You want to eliminate fluoride, lead, any metallic taste. Um, and I know people are like, "Oh, I'll use a, an RO system, a four or three or four stage RO system, and I'll make I'll make coffee." And it turns out awful. Two two things: number one, the coffee will actually float on the hot water, won't sink, because um, without minerals, coffee is nothing. Uh, water is nothing. It's pure, but it doesn't do. You need to remineralize. So we're yeah. very lucky. We live in the Northeast. There's a lot of minerals in the coffee, uh, in the water up here, and coffee too. Um, but because our our water is well mineralized, it's also hard. So people say all the time, well, "George, I own this restaurant, or I own this whatever, and coffee's awful." First thing we look at is, well, what are you doing to your water? Are you filtering it? Are you softening it? What are you doing? Uh, most of the times, we install filters, you know, carbon block filters. Uh, that eliminate what? Chlorine, number one. Fluoride, number two. Something that's going to take out lead and reduce calcium hardness. If you do all those things, you're going to make great coffee because the water will taste better. This is, this is like the $6 million <laughs> cup of coffee question. Yeah. Which actually, if getting some of these places, they're starting to charge a lot. Um, but when it comes down to making the perfect pour-over coffee... I know you have the answer, mm -hmm. and we'll be back in a second right after this moment of uh, giving a little station moment here with uh, you're listening to And So It Flows, your only show for H2O. I'm your super water man, ambassador for water. We're here with George Shoemaker talking about coffee and water. So, perfect pour over. Uh, what's that like? How much water so... do you actually need, and how do you pour it over the, let's say yeah. you have one of these so we use Chemex. Fashion. Yeah, Chemex. so we use a Chemex. Uh, we work with them a lot. Uh, their filtration is fantastic. So we use what's called the golden ratio. It's 60 grams of water uh, of coffee and a liter of water. Okay? Um, yes, I'm going to use metric because that's the best way to measure this. So 60 grams of coarse ground coffee, a liter of hot water, preferably 195, 200 degrees. Um, and you start a slow pour, circular motion. And you take your time as the as the coffee goes through. That keep on going around yes, and around. Yes. Yep, yep. You fill the yep, fill up the filter, let it drip. And now the hard part is keeping your water at the right temperature through the whole the, through the whole process. So, but that's the you know that's a great ratio is sixty grams to one liter, um, and then you're good to go. And again, filter your water, clean your water up. Poli There's a term we call called polishing the water. So, make sure it's good. 
That's great. That's great. It's so exciting to actually look at water from multiple different angles. I yeah. think that's one of the best parts of uh, the show is being able to see where do people connect. Right. Because it doesn't just have to be from the environment. It's like our daily lives intersect mm -hmm. with water. And what better to discuss than coffee? Now, like for folks who are looking to get into making coffee at home. Yeah. What do, what do they need? Do they, oh, Mr. Coffee? Like, well, what, what do know, they need? Do I, they? I always tell people, like, well, I want to get into making better coffee at home. Okay. Making coffee at home is not hard. Making better coffee at home is a challenge. Um, number one, get a good coffee maker that's going to bring the temperature up high enough so that way you're extracting. Um, make sure you get something that's going to clean your coffee filter, clean your coffee maker. Make sure you descale it properly. Um, and then get a, uh, a not a, uh, a blade grinder. We've all seen those grinders years ago. You press the button, it spins, and it pulverizes the coffee. You need a, uh, a burr grinder. That makes a better grind. And then just start there. And then if you want to go home espresso, you can do that. You can do pour over. You, you know, there are so many options out there today that weren't available 15, 20, 30 years ago. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, and, and they're all they're all t at everybody's fingertips and at all budgets now. So it's no longer just, oh, I have to need thousands of dollars to do this at home. But yeah. you can get into it pretty inexpensively. Yeah, my former wife was of Hispanic descent, Puerto, mm. Puerto Rican, New York Rican to be exact. Yeah. Um, and uh, I got introduced to this coffee called Bustelo. Uh, and the way we made it at home, you know, this is a shout out to my uh, friends of Latin descent is, uh, you know, there's nothing like Bustelo, simply made, uh, you, you boil water, you put it in the boiling water, yeah. and then you siphon it where you, 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 you uh, filter it through a sock like material. <laughs> yes. And that's like so great. And you could get some serious strong coffee. So, like, yeah. for the simplification method, if yeah. you don't have your pot, well, don't ha if you don't have all yeah. the other stuff, yeah, right there. Yeah, they, they call that <laughs> cowboy coffee back in the day. Um, or, you know, you can just go and find a small little, what they call a mocha pot, those, you know, where you put the water in the bottom coffee, you screw the top on, it comes up and through by putting it on the stove. Um, they're inexpensive, they're simple, and... Whether you're from Italy or Spain or the Caribbean or Puerto Rico, and you know, it, everybody knows what that mocha pot is on the stove. Nice. And uh, you know, we, we do a version. Of the Cafe Bustelo is just old school, great coffee, and we do something very similar. So, you know, it's uh, we have a Puerto Rican coffee as well. Um, but it's a, you know, as we keep talking about water, people don't understand when it comes to anything you consume. Whether it's espresso, which is 85 to 95% water, pour over coffee, 95 to 98% water, or just drip coffee, you know, we use filtration here that most people wouldn't expect because Pittsfield water is, it's drinkable, but it's not coffee. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> Un understood, understood. That's why we have a water podcast from, from Pittsfield because it's... Uh, it makes it that much more important. Yep. Uh, now, bottom line, uh, we got about 30 seconds left. Sure. How could people find out a little bit more about Currency Coffee if they're interested? Okay, well, we'll start with the basics. The website, currencycoffee.com. We're on uh, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, at Currency Coffee. We're not hard to find. Great. And uh, we put up different things on equipment, on water, on coffee. And uh, about twice a year, we hold coffee classes here, so... Keep on social media. We're we're out there, and we'd love to have people uh, contact us. And thank you, thank you so much for joining. And so it flows. It's been a pleasure, Excellent. and uh, more coffee to you. Excellent, hey, Leslie. Okay. Thanks for coming down. All right, be well. Thank you. You're listening to And So It Flows, your only show for H two O. Thanks again, George, for joining us today. Uh, super excited. Uh, Got some more coffee culture right here on And So It Flows. This one is a a quote from, I think it's Karen Salmonson. Water is the most essential element in life because without it, you can't make coffee. Just get that. 
the importance of water. Next up, we got a little bit of Mud Crunch with uh, Tom Petty in there. Save Your Water from the American Treasure album. And again, you're listening to And So It Flows, your only show for H2O. Baby 
When it's dark, you're home and fed. Curl up snug in your waterbed. Moon is shining and the stars are out. Good night, little whale. Good night, baby beluga. Oh, baby beluga. With tomorrow's sun, another day's begun. You'll soon be waking, baby beluga, in the deep blue sea. Swim so wild and you swim so free. Heaven above and the sea below, and a little white whale on the go. You're just a little white whale on the go. Surfing now, everybody's learning how. Come on a safari with me. Come on a safari with me. Early in the morning, we'll be starting now. Some honeys will be coming along. We're loading up our woody with our boards inside and heading out singing our song. Come on, baby, wait and see. Yes, I'm gonna take you surfing with me. Folks, thanks again for tuning in. You're listening to And So It Flows. I'm your Super Waterman Ambassador for Water. Talk soon. It's been awesome. Thanks for letting me keep you guys wet and moist all day, all night, anytime, afternoon, at work, at home, when you're sleeping. All things H2O. Thanks again. We'll be talking soon. Don't forget to listen to us on podcast. You'll see us. Just you do a Google search of And So It Flows. And we'll be talking to you soon. Sparkling water. Lemon. Osmosis.